Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Every year when decorating our Christmas tree, I looked forward to unwrapping the brown sugar grandma, a beautiful ornament shaped like a plump, pink-cheeked, white-haired grandma with a whisk in her hand and an indulgent smile painted on her face. When today's guest, Liz, told me about her grandmother's brown sugar cinnamon bread recipe, I thought I had found the real-life version of that Christmas ornament. However, as Liz's interview shows so beautifully, even a grandmother that smells like cinnamon is a complete person. Virginia Dayton was to Liz, love and strength always, a pillar that could be a pill. In that way, she was, dare I say it, just like you and me. Good morning, Liz. Thank you so much for getting on the phone with me. Absolutely. So before we talk about this recipe, this brown sugar cinnamon bread, which I think if I stop the podcast now, all would be worth it to have this recipe. <laughs> it's delicious. It's it's so good. It yes, it is it's really good. It's so good. Did, have you made it yet? Yes, I have. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yep. And I'm going to make it again next week to photograph. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, good. But it's gone. We polished it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll have to put a sign on it next time. (laughs) So what I would like to do is just step with you into Mm -hmm. your grandmother's kitchen and just sense and feel what you sensed and felt when you walked in there. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother, she lived in a a little old farmhouse, um, like a white, you know, um, looked like an old farmhouse Mm -hmm. um, on a corner in Michigan in a little town called Howell, um, which is right next to Fowlerville, where, where she grew up. She she grew up on a dairy farm. Mm. And so th- there's something about that part of her that, you know, you sort of got a sense. Very small town in Michigan. <laughs> and so when we would pull up, we always, always pulled up on the side of the house rather than the front. Mm. Um, and, you know, you could hear the wind chimes. She had wind chimes hanging off of the little side porch. And... Um, you walk up the steps and she smelled like mm. she had been baking. It was warm, but you walked actually through the back, what used to be their back porch, which mm-hmm. she had turned into her beauty parlor. So she was also a beautician. That was, she, it was very important to her raising a family that she had her own business and she had, she was a very strong woman in that regard. And, you know, she, she basically did the hair of the ladies in the neighborhood Um, and she cut my hair, you know, when I was Mm. little too. So she Mm -hmm. would sit me down and she had, um, and we used to love to play in the chairs, um, which were were (laughs) great. We, you know, push them up and then sink them down and spin them around. It was, it was the best place to play. And she had pictures of all of, all of us, all of the grandchildren Mm. underneath a glass, um, you know, tabletop on one of the beauty benches, which I think Mm. was a great source of conversation. Um, when mm. she was doing other people's hair. So anyway, you walked through that and into the kitchen. Um, so it was sort of this mix of smells, actually, because you could smell some of like the hair product <laughs> <laughs> from the beauty parlor. And then you walked right through the door and all of a sudden you were in, um, you know, heaven. It was heaven. <laughs> yes. It was a small kitchen, too. So it really kept the the smells. You know, it was an old farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and it was always just very warm and sweet. 
and the wallpaper, you know, it was one of those houses where it was just like flowers <laughs> all over the wallpaper <laughs> and green, you know, that green carpeting. That's like, um, that it really was like olive yes, green. Yes. 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 Oh, and the original, I... the original sink um, and the original like metal cabinets. Wow. Um, wow. Metal so, cabinets. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I and can hear we, them. Yep. Um, and she had this little tiny TV that she had on top of the refrigerator and she always had like the Detroit lions on or some, some Detroit team was always on the TV. Um, she was a big sports fan too. She was a very interesting, (laughs) interesting woman and very strong. You know, she, she always knew, you know, what was best (laughs) for everyone. (laughs) Oh, well, I just connected with so many parts of that. Um, The first thing was the wind chimes. One of my grandmothers had wind chimes. And to this day, do you have wind chimes in your yard? We don't have them in our yard, but I've, my girls have actually painted a few that we've talked about putting out in the back trees. So, Um, yeah. Yes. I have them just to remind me of being at grandma's house. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then you said she smelled. Yes. The the other night I, I made the bread and then I cut it and then I sat down to work and I kept putting my hands to my face to just breathe in my hands smelled so good so oh I can now was she wearing an apron always always wearing an apron yep so when we went to go visit her it wasn't just for the day because we were driving from Chicago so we would always spend a few nights so it it was really in the morning when you woke up because she was always the first one up and she Mm -hmm. was always getting breakfast ready and you could smell the bacon and you could smell the sausage and all the rest. But when you came down, you, you and I don't know if you did this when you made the bread, but when you toast it, you toast the bread and then put the butter on. And it's like, I mean, you know how much butter is in that bread already. <laughs> it's like it just melts in your mouth. Yeah, it's really yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I haven't toasted it yet, but I'm going to do that the next yes. time. So actually, um, we'll get back to the story of your grandmother and your time with her. But I would love, actually, since you brought it up, I noticed in the recipe that she just called for shortening, which yes. really, that really surprised me because your grandmother, like you said, was a dairy farmer mm-hmm. and butter must have been, you know, very abundant for her. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, did she mean shortening like Crisco or did she mean butter? No, she meant, she meant Crisco. Um, okay. and I don't know if that's like a fifties thing, you know, if, I mean, this is a woman who ate the, the bacon fat, you know, or like she would just eat up any fat that was left on, on the table. Yeah. Um, so she loved any form of, <laughs> of grease fat so she wasn't she wasn't exclusively a butter eater um but yeah you're right it does it is interesting that she you know grew up on a dairy farm and didn't necessarily stick just to dairy products well i do think there's a difference in the um moisture content i know that's why some Mm -hmm. pie crust recipes call for it so Uh i just i just didn't know so i went with the short name i bought yeah you gotta gotta follow you gotta follow the recipe totally (laughs) your grandfather was not there Correct. My grandfather died when I was in kindergarten. Okay. Um, 
he was an amazing, amazing man. And from what I remember and from what I've heard, just really just this peaceful presence. She was, she, she ran that house (laughs) and, you know, he worked, you know, in an engineering company, he was an engineer and worked a traditional job from the moment he started at that company until the day he retired. And he was a pipe smoker. Um, So that was the other thing the house smelled like. Um, but mostly in his den, like in the back. Pipe smoke. It's horrible for you, but it, it is a lovely smell. It is that room. I mean, and he he had a huge pipe collection Um, and I used to hate the smell when I was real little, I would go in there and I was like, Oh, but then, (laughs) you know, it's a, it becomes a part of of the place, you know? So, So all of those smells, the hairspray, the yeah. hair dye, <laughs> the cinnamon, the, the bacon, and the pipe. You know, like yeah. all of those things hold mm. wonderful memories. So, mm. Do you know anything about your grandparents' love story? You know, I do, um, but I can't recall the details. Actually, when my grandmother turned 80, she kept a daily diary also. Oh, um, wow. That she passed along to all of her children at a certain point and I can't remember how old she was when she did this but she basically turned over all of her diaries to her children and my my aunt read through them and she compiled for her 80th birthday all of these wonderful stories that were directly from my grandmother's (gasps) what a gift for you really yeah. Now, would she just kind of say like, "This is what we did today," or did she journal kind of in the I, way that? I mean, we, there were some boring entries. Yeah. But <laughs> when she was younger, you know, she was, <laughs> you know, she did some things that maybe were, you know, considered a little risque or, yeah. um, you know. So it's fun to sort of think about her in that way too. Yes. And, and see your grandmother, a complete a person. Yes, as a complete person, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that your grandmother held you guys, um, you and your cousins and your siblings, your, her grandkids, as her second favorite set of people. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I would love to hear about all the other different groups of people that would oh, come into oh. her home. The first group, quite honestly, were the priests. So we go from risque grandmother to yes. devout Catholic. She was a devout. Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. um, so went to mass, daily mass, but she insisted that the priests would come over for dinner or for breakfast. If, if we weren't there, if her family wasn't there, the priests were probably over. Wow. And she had her favorites, but she always had bread for them. And there were some times, there were times uh-huh. <laughs> when she was like, no, I'm sorry, I'm saving that for father. Oh, <laughs> you know? I'm so sorry. I see you maybe twice a year, but great. Wonderful. (laughs) So she had a very special place in her heart for, you know, she saw them, I think, as family and she wanted to take care of them. But she, I think after my grandfather died, that was a source of of friendship for her too and, and comfort too, I think. You are Catholic? I am. Okay. So I even think about the show called The Midwives, right? And Mm. the clergy and I don't know how you say those who are vocationally nuns and fathers, um, that group of the people, religious, yeah. the religious. Okay. So mm-hmm. the religious, it seems like more integrated into the lives of people back at I, that time I, in Catholicism, or is it a small town thing or just that your grandmother, yeah, was, was lonely and wanted friends. I think it may have been a combination of those things. I mean, it, it's interesting because 
I think it was more common to invite priests maybe over for dinner, but I don't really know. Our family, like my immediate nuclear family, never did that, and uh-huh. which she did all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never growing up really felt uh, priests were your friends. They were, you know, somebody who was helping to guide you spiritually. Okay. Although I did have my, my, my grandmother did have a sister who was a nun. Um, really? sister, yes. And actually, and a cousin. So, and so I, I felt friendly with nuns. Okay. <laughs> so sister Mary Bede was my, let's see, great aunt. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yep. Your grandmother's yep, sister. My yep. great uh-huh. aunt. And then we also, when, so she's Flemish, my, my grandmother, um, oh. Is Flemish. So okay, we, we actually Flemish is Belgian. Bel- Belgian. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So we actually have family over in Belgium as well. And she has a cousin, um, Sister Blonda. Sister Blonda ran a school over in Belgium. And we went to go visit her and Sister Blonda. Oh, she was amazing. She would actually, my grandmother and Sister Blonda would um, write letters. They would communicate uh, in Flemish by mail. So my grandmother spoke and wrote Flemish. But so Sister Blonda, when we went to go visit, she, she, this woman, I mean, it was like something out of a movie. She like pulled up in the sports car, <laughs> full <laughs> habit, took us back and had this like wonderful lunch, you know, had them prepare a wonderful lunch for us. And then just wow. took us on a tour of the school and we were playing basketball in the, <laughs> in the school gym. I mean, I remember that so wow. vividly. And I just thought, this is the coolest nun I think I've ever met. And she's my family, you know? <laughs> right. So, so there was a history in my family, in her family, you know, of, of religious life. So she probably oh. felt more comfortable in general. Absolutely. Um, and she you know. probably had a good sense of the sacrifices it took to live out that vocation. And she kind of maybe had, I would agree with that. Yeah. A little bit of a compassion or a drive to ease right. their burdens. Right. You know, with her totally bread. <laughs> right. It's totally true. I really think that that she saw it as a service, you know, um, in addition to, um, I think, you know, what she obviously, what you receive from any friendship. Mm-hmm. So. so tell me a little bit about her job as a beautician. Um, what did that entail? And did she give bread to those clients? That's a great question. I I would imagine she did. By the time I came around, you know, I'm the young, my, my cousins are a good 20 years, a lot of them. Um, oh. I'm, on the, I'm the younger end. Okay. So by the time I came around and really have those strong memories, you know, her clients were, were aging out. Okay. <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were friends or people in the neighborhood or, you know, people in Howell that would, would come over. And then she cut their hair essentially for the rest of their lives. She, but she did it all. You know, she gave me a perm once, if I remember correctly, <laughs> which, you know, didn't, <laughs> didn't look so great at the, you know, it was, but she was like, are you sure? And I was like, oh. but the other thing is she was always, you know, when I was younger, I had these bangs that would like hang over my right eye. Like uh-huh. I'm talking like younger, like, you know, middle school. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And she, it would drove her crazy. So she was always taking bobby pins and sticking these bangs <laughs> off of my face. <laughs> but I do also remember when she, when okay. she came out to help um, with the new baby, when my sister came along, mm-hmm. I remember her coming in and giving me my very first manicure set. So she, you know, beauty was something that was important to her. It was something mm-hmm. that she valued. Um, and taking care of yourself and her nails. I mean, if you looked at her hands, her nails were always perfect. Um, wow. they were always done. 
Mm-hmm. So she had beautiful hands and she, you know, showed me how to use my first manicure set. And, you know, that's something that it's not hair, but it, it all ties together. Um, Absolutely. It's this know. idea of showing someone that you value them and teaching mm-hmm. them how to value themselves by just right. taking care of themselves and looking mm-hmm. their best. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was another way that she spoke love. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she and she didn't speak love very often. She spoke it through those actions. Mm. Um, you know, she was a tough woman, um, mm-hmm. but her her heart and eyes were. You know, you could see in her eyes, even when she was speaking toughly, there was there was love and kindness. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think that it was um, growing up on a dairy farm that made her so tough? Uh, that's a good question. Possibly. Um, raising five children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think now that I'm a mother, I understand. I understand why she was strict. You know, I understand mm-hmm. why she had some pretty firm rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I only have two. And <laughs> I feel like if I, t- <laughs> if, you know, if I were just soft and mushy all the time. It would be chaos. You, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, she had a business to run. Right. Exactly. She was a businesswoman. That's exactly right. Um, and she ran a tight ship. Um, everyone sat down at the table at the same time. And, you know, uh, from what I hear, you know, the children didn't speak much. You know, my dad didn't speak much at the dinner table. It was the story I do hear is that, you know, my grandmother would catch up my grandfather on the on the soap operas from the day, the <laughs> stories they would call them. She would always save the funnies for me from the paper. You know, oh, that was always... <laughs> yes. Yes. My grandmother so, saved me family circus. Oh yeah, and the newspaper was always just sort of strewn about the the kitchen table. You know, there was, <laughs> but it was red. You know, the newspaper was red. So the recipe that you sent over, you sent me a screenshot, mm-hmm. and it was kind of from an old yellowed book. So can you tell me about the publication? This this bread is famous in Hell. <laughs> so this was actually a church publication. So it was it was a collection of recipes from different parishioners. Do you think it was hard for her to share it? Did she ever consider keeping it a secret recipe? I don't know. Um that's a good question. I I mean I, when I think about how she passed along her diaries to her yeah. children, I think she was somebody who it was hers. It was her recipe, but I think that she always intended for it to to mm-hmm. live on. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she would ever want to die with that secret for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think there was probably you know just like anything that you take ownership of, there mm-hmm. was probably she was a proud woman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how freely she um, right. you know would have given it out, but she <laughs> was more time. than happy to share the bread. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. recipe was printed, like I said, in the paper, and um, you know that was that was later on. But yeah. So you're really making me think back to the first part of the conversation of really how remarkable it is that she shared those diaries. I mean, much mm-hmm. more so than sharing a recipe. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. definitely thrown away diaries, you know, in a way I'm certain. <laughs> oh, I tell my husband, I'm like, if, I, if I get hit by a Mack truck, you have to burn those. You can't, you're not allowed to look at them. You don't burn them. <laughs> so you and I are roughly the same age and our kids yep. are roughly the same age. So do you ever think about what your grandmother's life was like at our age? You know, how she was spending her days and oh, sure. what was the same and what was different? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I I really try and keep a nice house, but I hate housework. You know? <laughs> and she lived and breathed it. You know, yeah. that's, you know, she lived and breathed running a business out of her house, keeping the house together, mm-hmm. cooking. I mean, she really spent a lot of time preparing food, um, mm-hmm. cleaning up after that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the difference is I spend a lot of dedicated time to being with like right next to my children or taking them to activities, that sort of thing. And my, my dad and his brothers and sisters, they were off running around playing and she, she did watch, um, the soap operas probably Mm -hmm. while she was baking or while she was doing dishes. Right. Um, And that little TV on top of the fridge. Exactly. That's Uh exactly right. Uh So she, you know, her world was sort of in there in the house and my Mm -hmm. world is, is not the time, the way our time is spent, I think is, is different in that regard. But, you know, my dad tells stories, they were off running around and playing with neighborhood friends and, or at school and, and taking care of each other essentially. Um, Mm And then getting in trouble when they got home (laughs) (laughs) for something. (laughs) Yeah. I I think about that myself a lot. You know, I feel like women of previous generations had fewer conveniences, but they somehow seem to do more work and have more time both. So I just started reading this book called Overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it talks all about that, about how somehow we have despite all of the conveniences, all of the technology, all of the, all of the things that have come to help us maximize our time or give us more leisure time have actually made us busier and more harried and frenzied. It's really a fascinating read. <laughs> what's, what's the thesis of the book? Um, it, by the end of the book, it comes, you know, suggestions, essentially chunking time as opposed to multitasking, which is essentially completely inefficient. Hmm. Um, because I think that is the difference. You know, my grandmother spent focused time doing one thing, um, mm. enjoying the process of baking, enjoying the process of spending time working on somebody's hair. Whereas mm. what am I doing all day? I'm constantly mm. doing 50 things at once and then tell myself, you have got none of those things mm. done because yeah. you're, you know, it, it's, it's essentially like chronic ADD that we're, you know, experiencing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, you said despite all the modern conveniences, which is how exactly how I think of it in my mind. And I mm-hmm. almost start to wonder if it's maybe because of the modern conveniences. Yes. Yep, exactly. We've just decided we can do so much more than we can actually right. do. And you feel like there's this like rush, like how many things can I manage at the same time? Yes. And then, but how many of those are really done well? And how much have you actually given to that one that mm. one thing. Mm. Um, so Overwhelmed. I think that's probably I'm going to have to read that. Yeah. It's quite good. Or at <laughs> so, least it's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. It has one of those like validating sensibilities yeah. about it. Yes. It got it. You mentioned that you had the honor of delivering a eulogy for your grandmother at her funeral. Was there anything you mentioned in that that you'd like to share here? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think I remember talking a lot about her Myers-Briggs personality type. Oh, really? <laughs> she is an INTJ. Um, okay. So I don't know if you know much about that, but she was um, an introvert. Mm-hmm. She was judgmental. I brought my now husband to uh-huh. meet her okay. when we were dating. 
Oh, okay. It was just, it was just the two of us. And, you know, I just wanted her to meet, meet him. Of course. And, um, we were really into these personality type, you know, <laughs> tests at the time. And so we yeah. had her take it and we read her the results and she was sort of taken aback. Like, wait, that's, that's me. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting. It was almost like she could have heard what was described about her um, for years from other people and sort of pushed it aside. But because it was coming from a reliable source, like the mm. Myers-Briggs test, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was almost like it gave her pause um, to think about how she affected other people and the way she spoke or, or her, she was, you know, very rigid in a lot of things, um, mm-hmm. which I think could come across as being strong and could also come across as being rigid and inflexible. Um, and opinionated, you know, she was definitely yeah. very opinionated. In the eulogy, I think I spoke a lot about how we need we need all of the types in the world. We we are all important and necessary. Who she was added to all of our lives, and you know, she mm-hmm. definitely you know lost some relationships through mm-hmm. you know that part of herself, um, mm-hmm. in and you know strained family relationships and through the things that that she said. Um, but at the same time, like I said, she, she was a woman of strength, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, um, she was probably an amazing advocate for people. She was. And you know, that, that was the interesting thing. She would speak about other people Mm -hmm. to somebody in the highest regard, but Hmm. never complimenting directly to the person, Mm. you know, I, I loved my grandmother and I felt like I had a very special relationship with her and I'm not Mm -hmm. exactly sure what that was about, but I think, you know, I was also younger, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, and so I didn't, I never really felt that criticism. Yeah. You were doted on. I was doted on, you know, and they, they always say, you know, my father was the youngest, so, you know, Mm -hmm. he could have, he could do no wrong. Oh (laughs) yeah. My mother, Mm -hmm. he was the baby and, you know, so there's something to that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there was something generational. Mm -hmm. It's about the, um, you don't compliment someone to their face, but you speak highly of them in public and truly, truly my grandmother, I grew up next door to my grandmother and I was Mm -hmm. very very close to her. Mm-hmm. And the one piece of advice she always gave me that I always disagreed with yeah. when John and I started dating, she would always say, Oh, Becky, you have to stop complimenting him. You're going to give him a big head. Ah, so she, funny. she said that all <laughs> yeah. the time. I mean, yeah. she was almost scandalized that yeah. I would affirm him. That's so funny to his face. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. So well, I, and the other part for my grandma, she was an introvert, mm-hmm. you know, like her way of sharing was through these, through writing, you know, like she would yes. write in her journal as opposed to speaking. Um, I never saw my grandmother sad, um, mm. but I'm wow. sure she got sad. Do you know what I mean? Like she, mm. she, she was a full human <laughs> yes. with, with the whole range of emotion, but um, I never saw that part of her. Um mm. You know, maybe that's why I associate her with strength. That could be, you know, which is interesting because I'm I'm a firm believer in mm-hmm. letting it all pour out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But like you said, I think you are, and it's not so much about, you know, saying how they should be more like us, but just right. respecting and admiring, you know, people like your grandmother and what my grandmother right. for what they do bring. Yeah. I think that's a great thing for us all to yeah. take away from this. Right. Along with yeah. a delicious bread recipe. That's right. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing to feel like you're sharing a his, you know, a history piece of your family. Oh yeah, with your children, especially since they never had a chance to meet her. Um, mm-hmm. So she she died before uh, my oldest was born. So um, so then let me ask you some questions about making the bread. The top of my first attempt, it looked a little pale and a little crusty. What did the top of your grandmother's bread look like? Brown, yeah, um, for mm-hmm. sure, um, and a little and crusty for sure. It should have a you know a harder crust on the outside. Mm-hmm you roll it up and she's very specific mm-hmm. that the um, you have to put the end of the roll on the top. So did it have like a little ridge or did she kind of pinch it down, smooth it over? She would pinch it down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know if she ever used an egg wash or anything on top? I don't think so. Okay. She has a similar recipe that is not cinnamon bread. It's just white bread. Oh. Um, but that one as well, I do not believe had the egg wash. Yeah, I actually, I reached out to a friend of mine who's a baker on Mm -hmm. Instagram and I was like, I need some tips. And I think she identified what I did wrong. I think that I, Mm -hmm. what's your process for letting it rise? So I, I want to say put a towel over it, like a, um, like a Mm -hmm. cheesecloth type. I can't remember if it was damp or not. Um, and just sticking it in a big metal bowl. She always had metal bowls. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the thing that I remember most about the actual bread like when I would get a piece the best pieces had just it was just like goo in one corner of the bread oh and that was the part you wanted to eat and yeah I think um I think the thing that I did wrong is um you mentioned that the towel could be wet and I Mm -hmm. think I let mine dry out so it just Uh got a little I mean it was amazing inside it was really soft it looked Mm -hmm. you know the crumb was nice and yeah like you said really gooey down there in those Mm -hmm. corners Mm -hmm. and the top just wasn't quite right and I think that I let it dry out too much so I think yeah yeah Yeah. I think that's it so so um besides the bread what would you say is your grandmother's legacy to you Mm -hmm. specifically to you Liz you know as her granddaughter and what would you say her legacy to us should be as listeners Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I feel a strong, like this just strong, but loving presence. Um, and so I think for me, as I think about her as a mother, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I want to be exactly the mother that she was, you know, but I think she really did her best the way she knew how. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what I feel from her is strength and love. And we all show that in different ways. And I think, honestly, that is probably her legacy for everyone is strength and love. You know, she really, she was a pillar and she could be a pill too, (laughs) but she, she was a pillar. I certainly hope that she's remembered as somebody who, who showed her love through, through her action, through her bread, through, through her, through cooking, all of those things that she gave others, even if she wasn't saying them. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, I feel really grateful that I I have this recipe now because I have definitely spoken love to my children with with this recipe so far. In fact, my high schooler came rushing down this morning, you know, late as always. And I had just really, at your advice, really thickly buttered two pieces. (laughs) And I just shoved them at them and I was... Toast it. Next time, toast it. Next time, I will toast it. Oh, yeah. Because I can just imagine the butter seeping into those kind of open, that open structures. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm looking forward to making them again, actually. And especially now that my girls are a little bit older. Um, Yeah. We bring it back every winter, at least. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or fall. Well, I think we have a really wonderful and beautiful picture of who your grandmother was and her legacy to you. So I really do want to thank you for this time, for just, Mm. um, and absolutely for this amazing bread recipe. Mm. I'm so excited that my readers are going to get to (laughs) make it also. (laughs) Me too. And thank you for honoring her. You know, it's been really a joy to to reminisce and thank you. I appreciate it. If you would like to follow in Virginia Dayton's legacy and speak love to others through this brown sugar cinnamon bread, you can find her recipe and photos of the bread on my website. And by the way, Liz is right. You absolutely must toast it. On my website, you can also find weekly episodes released every Wednesday, or you can subscribe via your favorite player. You can join the storied recipe community by following me over on Instagram and tagging any of these recipes with hashtag storied recipe. My guests love to see their cherished recipes enjoyed by others. Finally, please know that I truly believe everyone has a story to share and I would love to hear and photograph yours. Please reach out. And in the meantime, have a great week, my friends.